Hey, welcome to January Men, the January Boys fan cast. I'm full of speed, electricity, and ketamine. And I'm under your table right now. Today on the episode, we're very excited because it's almost July 4th, and you know what that means. SDCC is coming right around the corner. Uh, looks like there's going to be a whole lineup of people. David Lynch, uh, Lars von Trier. Very excited because January Boys is featuring heavily this year. Uh, we're going to be seeing a lot of unveiling. A lot of really new, very interesting, very cool things happening. As I'm sure you're all aware, at the beginning of SDCC, veils are put over every surface and every person until the official opening. And it's a little clumsy, a little spooky, a little creepy, a little kooky, until finally it's officially open and one by one veils come off and everybody's just startled and excited and happy to see daylight again. The most interesting part is how they can do the ceremonial torch lighting covered in a veil from head to toe. That takes a lot of hand-eye coordination. I've talked to some people about the very thorough training program that they have to undergo with supervision of the local fire department, and let me tell you, it's a privilege to be selected for the program. Yeah, and I can't imagine what that must be like. Yeah, well, this will be my first year through this training program, and uh, I'm going to be... So I'm going to be starting it all up and uh, holding the fire the fiery torch a few yards away from me, which is that's part of the training for safety. You have to get your arms elongated through a surgical process, and then they're put back at the end of uh, the con. But, uh, you know, it makes sense. You don't want the fire close to the veils that cover you and sort of sheathe your body from the light. Also, uh, you you have to... I'm going to be in a bunker for several weeks beforehand so that my body is nice and pale, and then if the light hits it, I'll, I'll react in pain. Because it's part of the ceremonial opening that I really can't have light hit my flesh. As is our way, and has always been. Of course, the San Dimas Culture Club party is going to be happening in the... Uh, Maplewood neighborhood this year. Uh, so that's the three streets of Maple, Pinecrest, and Sunflower Circle. And there's going to be a lot of things happening. Um, Bethany's mom is going to be having a panel in her house with uh, a couple of different panels, actually. Doug Jones is supposed to be in the backyard cooking up a barbecue, dressed as Lamprey Biden. Uh, and I think that we're going to have a panel of all of the directors, except for Alan Smithy, who will not be attending this uh, SDCC. He is wreathed in mystery, the actual Alan Smithy. Um, someday, maybe we'll find a little bit more about him, but in his place, the actual ghost of the Big Bopper will be attending, as many of you, as you all remember, the ghost of the Big Bopper featured heavily in the first January Boys film. Now, a lot of people say that SDCC is kind of building off of the other SDCC's uh, notoriety. Uh, of course, I'm speaking of San Diego Comic-Con. But the fact of the matter is, SDCC is before SDCC, and there should be no confusion about that in any way. Um, Of course, the January Boys merchandise will still be sold at San Diego Comic-Con, but this is the one that we're all really excited about. Um, San Dimas Culture Club is probably the most exciting block party of the year, Um, whether it's here or there or in the uk uh, it, it you know it moves around but usually it's in san Dimas. usually except for that one time it wasn't right and everybody regrets that time because 
you know, you can't really breathe at that high up. Yeah, we just refer to it as the Troubles. Of course, the Troubles were a few years ago, and we've moved past the Troubles now. So let's look at the lineup. Um, what I'm really excited about is uh, the Streak Sharks January Boy crossover merch that they're going to be unveiling uh, right after the torch lighting ceremony, like almost immediately. My favorite thing so far that I've seen, I got a little bit of a, a sneak peek, a preview of the Joe Biden Slamu crossover uh, action figure. Vin Diesel should be there to uh, unveil and sort of sell that merchandise because he got his start selling Street Sharks merchandise and he was in January Boys 2, as we all know. So that's going to be really great and exciting to see that new merch that's coming out. I also am looking forward to the uh, personal pet lamprey exhibition that's going to happen. It happens every year, but I mean, it's just kind of heartwarming to see people with their pet lampreys, with all their quirky names and outfits and uh, all the tricks they can do, because lampreys are really uh, underrated, are really underestimated as a species. Right now, I think the most exciting lamprey in the running is going to be Rhapsody in Grey, uh, with their trainers uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance family. We'll see how their tricks uh, stack up against the previous favorite, Biden's little Biden. And and Doug Jones is going to personally bless each of these lampreys at the start of the exhibition. So that's going to be an exciting little thing for people to see and take home with them. That would be very exciting for any lamprey owner, especially for the underdog of the series, uh, the Cataluna Hound Lamprey, I'm a Little Teapot, part dos. So uh, everyone's really looking forward to that. Um of course, it's not an official judgment, it's not anything. There will be a trophy assigned to a winner, but that doesn't mean that it's a competition necessarily. There's no losers, except the ones that get cooked at the end of the festival. Right, and those are only the ones that perform the worst, or the fattest. Yeah, so there's no losers. Yeah, and they've got a pretty great lineup this year in terms of music, um, it's a, a three-day all-out Jan Boys extra extravaganza. Uh, the lineup that I'm most excited about is on Saturday. Lars von Trier will be DJing, but he refuses to sign autographs. Oh, that's going to be great. I mean, he's got a really interesting DJ style that is kind of a mix of screams, silence, and Bauhaus music. Yeah, a lot like Skrillex, but good. Yeah. I gotta say, I'm looking forward to the act on Sunday... Uh, the John the John Carpenter cover band, John's Carpenters. It's a bunch of uh, personal contractors who have worked for John Carpenter uh, that have formed their own cover band of the director's music, and they're going to be playing. And uh, John Carpenter did the music for the TV pilot that didn't get picked up. Not the real TV pilot, but the, the first one? Way back when. Way back when. Before the first one, and then, of course, before the second one, and... It, I, f I have a feeling they're probably going to bring him back for the Netflix series that they're rebooting, but yeah, it's a shame. I have you watched that pilot all the way through? It's a doozy. It's got a lot of interesting things uh, going for it. It doesn't, like, cohese as much. You can feel it trying to be a little too hip sometimes, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. I think the main problem with uh, that original pilot that only got aired, like, once or twice was... Uh, uh, well, it was a couple of things. It was... Uh, Poor advertising, and the characters all sort of sounded the same. Of course, it was written by Brian Fuller, so that's no surprise. A lot of them came off a little too smart for their own good, when we know they should just be dumb and heartwarming. Yeah, they really hadn't found the soul of the show. 
Right. Um, Eddie Izzard's appearance in the show at that time was very exciting for me. Um, but that was about it. Yeah, so the thing that's lasted the longest has been the John Carpenter soundtrack, which has been passed around on analog audio tapes and uh, digital portraits. What it is, usually it's a portrait of John Carpenter himself that you have to scan with your phone, and Mm -hmm. then the tracks are added to your playlist. Exactly. John's Carpenters are going to be playing those songs on a stage that they himself have constructed. Yeah, and then on Sunday, uh, Cage the Elephant will be playing, but who cares? Yeah. So, what else is going to be happening? Uh, are you excited for anything in particular? Well, the Clinch Meat Hook cosplay contest is a classic. Everybody's got their very elaborate uh, costumes that they assemble from uh, mostly rusty old pieces of vintage cars, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a car fanatic. I love that there is a method of transportation that is an alternative to a horse or other equine beast, because, frankly, I think they're smarter than us and are going to be our rulers at some point, and I'm desperate not to anger them. Cars or horses? Well, I think the horses are ultimately going to be in control of the cars, Uh, but, you know, there is going to be some kind of cyborg technology happening, so I think the cars can be honored by... Re, by reusing the old vintage parts, and the horses uh, should just not be mocked by being ridden upon. Yeah, I think you're right. Car culture is really interesting because they actually honor their own dead by reusing the parts. And, uh, yeah, horses will rule us all one day. That's why centaurs are so terrifying to me, because are they man or are they horse? Whose side are they on? You know? And then the centaurs that are also part car, I just don't know where to begin. The scent car, as we call them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm really pumped because there's going to be a Taco Bell exclusive pop-up uh, over on Pinecrest, so that's really cool. It's going to just be a little, it's going to be a little, uh, like, look like a lemonade stand, you know, because they still want to get that folksy vibe, but with extreme Taco Bell merchandising, and they're going to be giving out the Jeb Bush drink lids and pasta nachos. So those drink lids are uh, going to be large size lids that go over uh, commemorative cups with the lower half of Jeb Bush's body on it, and then Hannibal Burris as Jeb Bush doing several different poses and in different costumes. I think this year they're probably going to do him as an Edgar Allan Poe, and they're probably going to do him as a cyborg, and maybe even a horseman. Who knows? We'll find out. And those are going to become collector's items in online circles, so you're going to want to get in on that while the supplies last. Yeah, they're only going to be sold for two out of the three days as well, so there's not going to be about a, a lot of backlog. You can expect a lot of children to be stealing them and reselling them on the black market just days after the event, because as we all know, the Maplewood neighborhood is full of crime and meth, like any good suburban neighborhood. And of course, on the final evening, they're going to screen a new Pleepums short that Lars von Trier has been working on uh, for, I think, the last couple of years. Yes, again, sponsored by Taco Bell. Um, it's supposed to be a four or five minute, possibly ten minute joint between Taco Bell and uh, Pleepums von Trier. Uh, no word yet as to the plot, but some of the speculation is that Pleepums goes to Mars. Or to the extreme nacho cheese uh, lava flow of the Taco Bell planet. We're not really sure. 
Yeah, so we're going to have to report back to you on this after the con because they're being really tight-lipped about it uh, because of all the hype surrounding it and just the fact that Lars von Trier uh, is currently existing in an isolated cave in the Italian hillside while he completes the edit. Right, he will not be making an appearance until his DJing. Uh, so I'm I'm very, very excited to see if he's actually still alive. Because if he's not, then I have to DJ, and I just, I'm not great with crowds. I can never seem to get them to get pumped up for the bass drop, you know? Not in the way he does, in any, in any uh, case. Well, I think that sometimes you seem a bit frightened of the bass drop. Well, I think that's because I am frightened of bass drops, also of lemon drops. And gumdrops. That's why your backstage uh, rider requirements are very specific. Like, no drops, no gumdrops, lemon drops, no nothing. I try to work in a gravity-free environment so as never to have to deal with anything that drops. Ever. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the food. The catering is going to be done mostly by Bethany's mom. And uh, that's great because I really love her potato salad. It's a really tasty potato salad. Although some people would argue that her coleslaw really takes the cake, although Bethany usually makes the coleslaw, and I don't really feel that comfortable about Bethany because she doesn't always wash her hands before she cooks. I don't trust her. Yeah, uh, but the barbecue sauce is going to be Bethany's dad's uh, special recipe, which I hear has a lot of goat's blood in it, and I'm always a big fan of goat's blood barbecue sauce. And I'll just take all the bloodless goats at the end of the evening. So... Recently, you've taken up the lifestyle of being a chupacabra. How does that feel? How, how, what, how is that different from uh, your previous life as Bigfoot? Well, I gotta tell you, there's some similarities. So it's not... The adaptation has not been as uh, startling as I thought it would be. There's definitely lifestyle changes, but I feel like my overall health is better. I show up on film now, not at all. Whereas when I was the Bigfoot, uh, I just... I automatically just would turn kind of my upper torso would rotate Mm -hmm. towards the camera while my lower legs would just continue off in another direction even if i was face forward trying to pose for a photograph my body would just always twist in that way Mm -hmm. and i would be slightly blurry um whereas now basically i i just scamper about the countryside at night and uh, sometimes i whisper nightmares into children's dreams mm-hmm. um and sometimes i just chill at the house with some friends and watch a movie yeah that sounds like a good time um now when your diet changed uh, cuz i know sometimes going from vegan to uh, just vegetarian or meat eating uh, that really throws off the uh, well, the internal systems, if you will. So going from eating basically, you know, the nuts and and berries of the Pacific Northwest to uh, bloodless goat carcasses, did that really screw with you at all? Because I've been thinking about making the same change, and my lifestyle choices are, well, you know, not great. Yeah, well, you know, what I found is uh, I'm actually able to take some of those fruits and berries to season the bloodless goat, and uh, oh. it hasn't disturbed my system. I think I'm getting a little—I've I've buffed up. My haunches are much more full and uh, powerful now, so, like, I've kicked several attackers or poachers. Uh, have been people 
you know, even when I was uh, just a Bigfoot, uh, poachers were a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just swing my mighty forearms, which now are more sprightly. uh, And also they bend the opposite direction. Uh, More like a grasshopper. Does that make it difficult to do the things that you used to want to do? Like, let's say you feel like you have to type up a paper, but now your arms are no longer giant, massive... Bigfoot arms, which would make it difficult to type, but now there are tiny chupacabra arms with which only have three fingers. Like, is that better or worse for you? It's a little more difficult, but uh, I have a team of some helpers, uh, some you know people that I've marked and that will sleepwalk uh, when I when I call out to them in the evening. They will enter a trance and they will complete duties for me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, we're friends. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, your new lifestyle is treating you well. Let's let's get back to the uh, SDCC. Sorry, sorry, listeners. It's just it's nice to catch up, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of people that have been looking at this lifestyle change too. So yeah. you can always uh, always learn more, reach out. Yeah, yeah it's pretty popular uh, around uh, millennials and Gen Z, especially. Uh, so. Let's talk about... Well, I mean, one of the exciting things is going to be that director panel. Uh, Werner Herzog is going to be there, uh, who directed the eighth film, and I'm hearing has been doing a little bit of... So Werner Herzog is going to be at the panel, and he's uh, been connected with the series since the beginning with his discovery of the Dark Angelo twins, and uh, I'm sure he'll have a lot of interesting stories to tell about... uh, finding them in the Louisiana bayou, and um, mm-hmm. I've been hearing some scuttlebutt that he's connected to the ninth film in some kind of way. I'm not sure if he's an actor or uh, or in some other kind of role, um, mm-hmm. but... He may be, uh, rumor has it that he may be just doing a documentary be- behind the scenes about the ninth film, because it is supposed to be the last film. And so he's been, of course, sort of documenting... Uh, the Dark Angelo twins rise to power and then rise and then fall and then rise again and then also the films throughout the entire series. He's always been a consultant um, and I'm just very excited to see where that's going. They might even go into that a little bit on the panel. Yeah, uh, I actually I received in the mail a release form, so maybe they're even going to be filming some of this, the con, I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately... I'm not going to be able to attend that panel. Oh, no? No, I'm going to be uh, taking a shower. I'm going to be washing my uh, hair. That is, that's it's been t- about three years. You have a lot of hair to wash, so it's... when. Yeah, it takes a while. It's true. Okay, well, I'll keep notes. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Because it should take only about three or four hours, but that's the entire length of that panel. <sighs> Alas. What are you going to do? The hair, sh- Wash my hair. the hair she must be washed. Yeah, so that's pretty exciting. I'm really looking forward to seeing their interactions with each other, because uh, I know that each director had their own vision for the franchise, and each one hoped they would be doing more than they have been. I, I really want to see David Lynch and Zack Snyder hit it off and become best buds, because I think that could become a really interesting crossover directorial style just a lot of slow motion 
and a lot of uh, surrealism. That would be interesting, and I do look forward to uh, seeing what kind of interaction Von Trier has with the crowds, since uh, usually his appearances just descend into accusatory tones. Yeah, especially since he's going to be probably pretty tired out from DJing. Yeah, so he may be very defensive and uh, prickly, uh, but then there was that one time after a DJ session where he just, like, hugged everybody, like, everyone at once. Like, his arms stretched out like a rope and encompassed everyone. I was there for that. It was a transcendent experience. So I got the VIP pass for the uh, for the con, as, as everyone should, uh, for SDCC. And I'm going to actually be, I'm supposed to be dining with uh, the Big Bopper's ghost. Now, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. They haven't given me an itinerary yet, but uh, I do hear that ghosts don't eat. So I'm really curious as to see how that's going to go down. Will they be serving him a specific form of ethereal ghost food? Will they be serving me the same thing? I don't know. Uh, we might be just eating at Taco Bell. Or they might have rented out the entire downstairs of... Uh, Susan's place, which is, I mean, very fancy. Pretty swank. Pretty swank. She has a pool house. Man, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've heard Susan's dad works for Google. So really, wow. Well, that explains it. And of course, Janet. Nobody wants to go to Janet's place, but if they were, they could definitely take advantage of that flat screen TV that's the size of their entire wall. And I know that they're going to be showing one of the football games that's coming up uh, for the World Cup. So I'm pretty stoked on that, especially since that's where the uh, main barbecue with uh, Lamprey Biden is going to be. That's true. And everybody loves uh, the Lamprey Biden barbecue. Yeah. Like every year they do it, Doug Jones is in fine form. He's an excellent cook. You wouldn't think so because of how thin he is. Like they always say, never trust a skinny cook, but... This guy, he knows how to do some goat's blood barbecue. Now, we mentioned that all the directors will be there. I'm curious as to how you feel about Dario Argento being there, because he did direct the your favorite installment in the franchise, but he has also been uh, living next door to you, spying on you, and sort of surreptitiously... Right, well, he, he I was kidnapped yeah. by him for a while and kept in an underground bunker, but I say that's water under the bridge, I'm going to be washing my hair. So you don't anticipate any trouble or awkwardness during it? You think it's all going to be fine? Um, no, I'm not going to be there. Oh, for that part. Well, for that part. When, if I bump into him, there will be a battle to the death. That's kind of more um, what I was getting yeah. at, because I think he's going right, to be around. He's He's... Like, attending... He's made a point of uh, lurking on people's Facebooks uh, for the event and just saying, Hey, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go here. <laughs> and be like, you don't right, need to. Right. You're not scheduled for anything. He's like, uh, no, I'm going. Yeah, you know, well, um, I, I'll i just be happy to see him get some sun. And uh, if we do bump into each other, I'll try to murder him. With my eyes, mostly. Because I do have laser vision. Um but I don't use it very often. So that could be another unplanned but memorable event at the con. Uh, especially because my last Battle Royale went on for three days, so it could last the entire the entirety of it. 
Which is all the more reason I hope that Lars von Trier shows up to DJ, because if I'm fighting somebody, I don't want to have to be dealing with trying to get a crowd going at the same time. Man, can you imagine? That just seems like it would be unfair to ask of you. It would be unfair to ask of the audience to really stick with me through a boring battle to the death. I mean, come on. We've seen so many. God. It's like every day, somebody is trying to kill somebody. Ugh. Anyway, uh, if that's all I've got for today, unless you've got anything else that you're excited for for SDCC. Well, like I like I said, uh, I'm going to try to score some tracks, maybe, from John's Carpenters, or maybe just some carpentry tips. I'll let you know. I heard the rates are reasonable. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll take some notes, and we'll finally just look. No matter what, no matter how it goes down, and even if there's a battle to the death between mm-hmm. you and Dario Argento, uh, the plan is to debut the Pleepums von Trier short, so we'll finally know what that's all about. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, all right, everybody, thanks for listening. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud right now. Uh, go ahead and follow us at January Pod. Or tell your friends. Just let, let them know we exist or whatever this existence is whatever this version of reality happens to be let them know it's here just tell them we're on the same vibration in some way almost also that i'm a chupacabra it's co-hosted by chupacabra former bigfoot so that's always a draw for most people um all right uh, is there anything you'd like to say as always keep january in your heart january men is hosted by av eichenbaum and davis banta Today's episode was brought to you by the letters S, D, C, and C. The music for today's episode was Night Owl by Broke for Free. Thanks for listening. So's to you.